This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Hey, if you're new, I'm going to read a few scriptures and then I'll explain where we're at and where we're going. But Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. This is Jesus, some of his last moments here on earth. Let's read together here from, you can read from the big screen. The big screen's back today. We're going to buy one of these soon. I love it. Maybe we can call this the screen of the Lord. This is God's screen. Okay, um, Matthew 26. <laughs> then Jesus... <laughs> Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, even to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is at all possible, may this cup be taken away from me. I love this last phrase. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And I love this last, the, the conclusion of this epic prayer in this epic moment. Jesus is is concluding what all of us really at some point in life have to conclude. Not what I want, but what you want. Another way to say it, not my plan, God, but your plan. Anybody believe today that God has a plan for your life? And if we say yes to it, really what we're saying is, God, not my dream, not my vision, not my will be done, but, but your will. We've been marching through a series called God Has a Plan. We've been looking at people in the Bible and studying their life, people like Peter, Paul, Samson, and Jonah. Today I want to talk out of the life of Jesus. And look at Jesus' life, that Jesus really is one that we can say from the beginning of time, God had a plan for Jesus. God had a plan for his son, Jesus. Now, most of us would know the story of when God created the heavens and the earth, when he created the sun and the moon and the stars. He, at the end of all of creation, he created a man and a woman. And everything was great, and they had CrossFit bodies. And I always make fun of CrossFit, this guy, after the last service, the 10 o'clock service. He came up to me, and he was like, I notice you always make fun of CrossFit. And he's like, I'm a CrossFit coach. And I was like, I looked at him, I was like, yeah, we're all jealous of you. You are goals. Um, but um, they're in the garden. They have these unbelievable bodies. And, um, and they make a mistake. Now, the Bible says something so fascinating to me. The Bible, the first mention, the first prophecy of Jesus is all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. These guys are in the garden. They make a mistake. They eat something they shouldn't have eaten. Sin enters the equation. But then God, in his preeminence, in all of his everlasting love, he says something in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It's going to come on the screens. And watch what God is saying all the way back in Genesis. It says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This is God talking about Jesus crushing Satan underneath our feet. 
that the God of peace, one day, he will crush Satan underneath. He said, you, Satan, you will just strike the heel, but my son, Jesus, he's going to crush your head. Come on, anybody believe today that Jesus did come. He did defeat the grave. He did, come on, I need a little bit more faith in that. This is all the way back in the book of Genesis, God saying that he had a plan for Jesus. Now, this is the beginning, the first time we hear mention of a redeemer, but let's go to the end of the life of Christ. We believe our theology is that Jesus lived a blameless, perfect life for 33 years. Nobody took his life. He gave his life. He died on the cross for the sins of the world right after the Garden of Gethsemane, that after three days, he rose from the grave. From there, he spent 40 days with his, his disciples, and then he went back to the Father where he is presently right now while we are gathering in the service. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and he's praying for us. Anybody thankful that you got Jesus praying for you right now? If there's anybody that's praying for me, I hope it's Jesus. Pray for me, Jesus. And um, so Jesus right now, we believe the end of his life ends in glory, power. It's an epic conclusion. He goes back with the angels. He goes back in his glory. There's all of his holy helpers watching him. The end, so the beginning, the first time we hear about Jesus, Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, the end, the last time we see him, he is going back up into heaven. But our thought, our belief is that one day in the same way he left with glory, we believe that one day he's going to return with glory. Come on, anybody believe that Jesus is coming back? Come on, anybody excited that Jesus, one day, he will return with all of his power and his glory? I want to preach a message today at our 12 o'clock service. You can write down the title of today's message. It's called, If There Was a Problem. If there was a problem. And I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe that whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing today, that God will encourage you with today's message. That when you leave, you're going to leave better than you came. Leave with your head high, built up in faith, and excited for the plan that God has for your life. Amen? Come on, let's bow our heads. Father, thank you so much that you do have a plan. We say that to our soul and to our situation, that you are good and gracious and kind. You are loving and forgiving. We remind ourselves today of who you are. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your overwhelming grace. Open up our eyes so we can see your son. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. We love you more than anything else on this planet. And God, with our head bowed and our eyes closed, we are declaring that this year the Lakers will win the NBA championship and the Los Angeles Rams will win the Super Bowl. Prove to the world and the Dodgers will win the World Series. Prove to the world how much you love L.A. In Jesus' name and everybody said together. Come on, we're going to need a little bit more faith than that. Anjali knows. Amen. Amen. Go Lakers. Go Dodgers. Go Rams. Um, let me just see your hand. If, you, uh, if you've ever made a plan and somehow, someway the plan failed, it didn't, didn't come through, just let me see your hand. You've ever had this happen? It's the worst. I just I can't stand it. There's nothing worse. I don't know if you're a planner. You enjoy making plans. This is my wife and this is our home. I live with a plan. I'm married to a planner. We already have plans. Tomorrow morning, we're having brunch with my little sister and my little brother. Uh, tomorrow night, we're supposed to have dinner with some friends. We've got plans all week. We got well, Friday night, date night. What? I'm excited for that. Baby number four. And um, But we, we got plans. We're always making plans. It's, it's holy. We, I've got two rings. Um, but 
We've got plans. We're always making plans. You ever notice that you can make plans, but somehow, someway, the people on the other side of the plans don't always come through? You know what I'm talking about? Like, we have these friends. We are always trying to do game night. I want a game night so bad. I'm trying to get together, play catchphrase, boys versus girls. I'm trying to get highly competitive, say really mean things to each other at the, at the climax of competition. I mean, I love a game night, but every time we try and do a game night with our friends, somehow some way something happens and it it falls through it doesn't happen i remember a few years ago it was julia's birthday and then on her birthday we were going to fly from from seattle to new york for her birthday and we were so excited i mean julia she she had all of her favorite restaurants restaurants there picked out we knew we were going to go shopping we had the hotel all the arrangements arrangements we were so excited and i'll never forget i mean her bags were packed we were going to go to the airport and that's right when um the hurricane sandy happened am i saying it right last service i called it a tornado whoopsies and um but same thing, right? Mother. Anyways. Um, and so this, it happened and we're watching the news and I'll never forget, like we're watching the news and Julia kept being like, we can go. We can still go. It's fine. We can still go. We're going to go. It's still fine. It's, we're going to go. It's still fine. It's fine. We can go. It's still fine. We can go. It's still, we're going to go. It's, it's fine. It's not a problem. We can go. It's still fine. It's, we're going to go. We're going to go. It's fine. And I kept being like, okay, you know, like I get really afraid, like whatever you want, mom. I mean, wife. Um, and so <laughs> it's, uh, I was really afraid. Finally, she had to call all the men, all the husbands are laughing. Y'all feel my pain. And and um, so, so finally, she made the judgment call. She knew we, we can't go. Our plans had failed. Our plans didn't come through. I want to talk today about how our God, from the beginning of humanity, has always planned to have a relationship with you. God's greatest passion, his greatest desire in the world is relationship with man. He's always wanted communion. He's always wanted intimacy. He's always wanted relationship. Anybody thankful today that all the way back from the beginning, our God has wanted to be in relationship with you and I. Come on, put your hands together and let's thank God for being a relational God. He didn't just want something from us. He wanted us. I'm going to give you a few things to encourage your faith today. I want you to write down four things. But can you write down number one? I hope that you find great resolve within this. That number one today, you have always been God's plan. You have always been God. You have always, I can't say this loud enough or demonstrative enough because some of you don't believe it. Please let me convince you. You have always been God's plan. God has always wanted humanity. He's always wanted to be in relationship. It's his greatest desire. His greatest passion is creation. He loves us. He is for us. He is with us. He created Adam and Eve so he can walk with them in the cool of the day. He loves people. In fact, watch what the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 31. Watch what kind of love that we're talking about. It's not a new love. It's not a fad. It's not a trendy love. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've loved you for forever. I've always been about you. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I, my life is not like a new crush to God. It's not like a new trend or a new fad. It's not like the dude that filled out the prayer card today, praise report, I got a woman now. No, God has always been about us. He has always been passionately committed to you and I. You have always been the plan of God. Now it's important for you to understand this because a lot of people think that the Old Testament God is different than the New Testament God. Let me just, for one second, just teach for just a moment. A lot of people think that Jehovah God 
is different than Jesus got. If you're new to church, the Bible's broken up into two. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. Testament, you can take the word out and put the word covenant there. An old covenant that God had made that you do it my way, you do it this way, and everything will work. And then God makes a new covenant in the New Testament through his son. Now, it's important to understand that God in the Old Testament, he still is a God of love. That God doesn't change in the New Testament. He's not Jekyll and Hyde. He's not a man that he should change. All the way back to the beginning, it has always been from the foundations of the earth that God desired relationship with you and I. You have always been the plan of God. He has always desired. This, is, this plan's been going on for a long time. This is not a new idea. It's not a trendy thought. No, this is God all the way back then saying, I know what I want, and I want you. I want communion with you. I want relationship with you. This is an old plan. It was fascinating being in Australia, you know, had the best time at Hillsong Conference. But you know what I kept thinking the whole time? 30,000 people, huge arena. Every service was, you know, deliberate and intentional with creativity, new songs and lighting and screens. And, you know, I kept thinking, I kept thinking the whole week, how long have they been planning this conference? How much detail has gone on to into this event? Has it been for one year? For one year, have they just dedicated a team of people for one year, all the way months in advance saying, we're going to plan out every service, every session, every lighting cue. We know what we want to put on the screens. We know who's going to preach. Have they been planning this? I was impressed that probably for one year, they had been planning this event. Can I tell you, since the beginning of the world, God has planning relationship with you. From the start of the earth, God has saying this is not a new thought. I am the initiator. I am the genesis. I am the creator. Anybody thankful today that God has always meant for you to be his plan? Come on, put your hands together if you're grateful. You've always been his plan. So God, from the start, he, he says, I want to be in relation with creation. Well, the problem wasn't with God. The problem was with man. That every time God got all of his people free, and they got in love with him and in relationship with him. Somehow, some way, people would rebel, turn their back, get distracted, serve a foreign God, get into something that would cause trouble. Every single time, God would deliver, he'd help, they would cry out, they said, God, help me, please, Jesus, help me. And Jesus, God would come, he would deliver them, he'd help them. This became a sin cycle for hundreds and hundreds of years, that this would, this would keep going on and keep going on. And every single time, because God loved humanity, God, every single time, he kept bailing people out. Would you write down number two? That for your whole life, and this is the reality of God, he's been bailing us out forever. He, I'm telling you, God, you can look back through your life this last year, five years, ten years. Isn't it true that God always bails you out? You get yourself stuck. You get yourself in a situation. You get yourself in a predicament. Or you get yourself in a bad business transaction, a bad relationship that's taking you the wrong way. You get yourself into a bad attitude. And God, in his love and his grace, his compassion, he bails you out. This is God. God is a master of bailing us out of wrong situations. He doesn't want to see his people in bondage. He doesn't want to see his people tormented. He doesn't want to see people slaves. No, he wants to see us in freedom. He wants to see us enjoy him. He wants to see us in communion with him. So God always bails us out. All throughout the Old Testament, God's just bailing them out, bailing them out, bailing them out. Always bail, bail, bail. It's amazing. I was talking to this guy the other day, and I know that he spent time in jail, spent time in prison. And so um, I asked him, I said, hey, the last time you got arrested, did your dad bail you out? 
who bailed you out? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad came and paid the bail and, and bailed me out. I thought, isn't that just like God? God, whenever we get ourselves stuck in a situation, God loves us so much, he comes, shows up, and bails us out. I was talking to a guy on the phone the other day and his mom has been reaching out to us because he's in some rehab stuff and going through a difficult situation. And time and time again, this might be the fourth or the fifth time this young man has gotten stuck in rehab and going through the same problem. And every single time, thank God he has a mom that loves him enough to put him back in rehab, go rescue him from this situation, get him in the car, drive him back to safety, get him back in the house, get him back in rehab. Time and time again, the mom reaches out. Why? Because she loves her son. God loves you and I so much that he just keeps bailing us out over and over and over and over again. I'm telling you today, if you're stuck in a situation, good news today, our God is going to come for you. He's going to deliver you. He's going to get you out of that spot. Come on, if you're stuck with Jesus, you got a Savior that will help you. Come on, anybody thankful today that God, for your whole life, he just keeps bailing you out. Why does he bail you out? Because he wants to know you. He wants relationship. He wants to be a friend with you. He wants to know you. You're his passion. You're his desire. So God comes all the way here in the beginning and says, I want to be with humanity. I want to be with you. Keeps delivering over and over and over again. Well, I told you in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God declared, I will send a great redeemer who's going to crush the serpent's head. Jesus was, I'm telling you, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah, David, all throughout the Old Testament, prophets kept talking about a great redeemer. In other words, God said, this is a problem. It's a problem that man can't get it right. Man can't fulfill my requirement. This old covenant, this old system seems broken. There is a wall between me and humanity. In fact, in the old system, did you know that the Bible says in Ephesians, there was a wall of separation. God was on one side, humanity was on another side. So God in his infinite love, watch what he does. He says, I will send my one and only son to this earth to die for the sins of the world. His death, if you believe in him, you shall not only have everlasting life, but you will be made right in front of God forever. You will no longer be a slave. You will no longer be bound. You will no longer need a bailout. You will always be free if you believe in the person of my son, Jesus Christ. So God sent his one and his only son. In fact, in the perfect timing, we believe that there was a 400-year silence. 400 years where nothing happened, then all of a sudden, in God's wisdom, his son is born in a manger. Jesus is so aware of why he came and what he came to do, that one of the first times that we see the life of Jesus, this is amazing to me, that Jesus, he is raised, we know he's 12 years old, he's in church, he's loving Zoe coffee. Shout out to the coffee team. We know that Jesus, he performs his first miracle and comes out at 30 years old at a wedding in Cana. But you know, Jesus, one of the things I love about him, it says in Luke chapter four, he walks into church on Sunday. He grabs the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 61, and he begins to read a prophecy about himself. Now, just a heads up, socially, if you read articles about yourself out loud, we're gonna think you're narcissistic. But if you God, you could do whatever you want, okay? You already walk on water, do your thing, Jesus, do your thing. So Jesus walks into a church, he grabs the scroll of Isaiah, and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to bind up 
or heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those who've been oppressed or those who've been captive. Jesus had a sense of why he was here. All the way back to Genesis 3.15, Jesus knew, I am the redeemer. I am salvation. I am the answer. And I have come to lay down my life. Would you write down number three today? Jesus came to give his life for you and I. Jesus came to give us his life. He did not come to make a following. He did not come to be famous. He did not come so he could flex his muscles. He didn't come so he can just preach or teach. He didn't come just to perform miracles. No, Jesus came because he wanted to give us his life. He knew that in his life being laid down, that he would fulfill everything that the prophets of Micah and Isaiah and Jeremiah and David and everybody had foretold. He knew that he was called to lay down his life as the great redeemer. This was God's plan. I love this about Jesus. Watch what it says in John chapter 10, 14 through 18 in the message translation. And this is Jesus speaking. He, Jesus goes, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and my own sheep know me. In the same way that the father knows me and I know the father. I put the sheep before myself, sacrificing myself if necessary. You need to know that I have other sheep in addition to those in this pen. Just a heads up, translation, there are other people that are going to come to this church and get saved that are not yet in this house. Somebody say amen. He said, I got other sheep. I need to gather and bring uh, them too. They'll also recognize my voice. Then it will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me. This is why, because I freely lay down my life. And so I am free to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own free will. I have the right to lay it down. I love this about Jesus. Jesus had a sense of his mission. He had a sense of God's plan. He knew God has a plan for my life. And, my, and the plan is that I would lay down my life. I would be a living sacrifice. I will be the hope for humanity. I will be salvation itself. I'm telling you today, Jesus had a sense of plan, so which gave him a sense of purpose, which ended in a sense of passion. When you understand the plan of God for your life, you will always live with purpose for your life. When you have purpose for your life, you will always have passion in your life. But when you don't understand God's plan, you will not have any purpose and you will definitely not have passion. But when you understand that God has a plan for your life, you will walk in the purpose of God and you will be filled every day with passion to fulfill it. Come on, anybody here today thankful that just as Jesus had a plan, come on, God has a plan for you. Jesus is going, I, I, I know why I'm here. I know why I exist. I know that God is not making me do this. He's asking me to do this. I gladly and willfully lay down my life so that no longer God has to keep bailing you out. No longer will a friend have to tell a friend about God in my life. Now God will write his law on the tablet of your heart. Now, from this, in the new covenant, God will remember your sins no more. If you believe in me, you will be saved, you will be healed, you will be free, and you will have everlasting life. Jesus had a sense of the purpose and the passion and the plan of his life. Jesus said, I have come to give up and surrender and sacrifice my life. I love what the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 17. It says, you know, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. The law, the Old Testament, a God that loved us, but because of law couldn't help us. The law came back here in Moses, but Jesus, after 400 years of silence, when Jesus came, all of a sudden now grace and truth. So now you got grace and now you got truth. And when you got grace, remember, grace is full of truth and truth is full of grace. You can't have one without the other. They are together. Yeah. 
Jesus is full of it, full of grace, full of truth. When you and I find the life of Jesus, we get all the grace that we need and all the truth that we can stand on. So I have grace that abounds to me and I have truth that sets me free. Oh, I feel like getting excited today because I believe that Jesus came and gave us his life. If you agree, put your hands together and let's applaud and thank the Lord for laying down his life as a living sacrifice. So God says, I, 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 I've always wanted this, and, and I've been bailing you out forever, but, 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 but I know once and for all, I have a plan for the earth, and the plan is Jesus. There isn't a B plan. There isn't a C plan. It's all wrapped up in my son. If you believe in him, if you love him, if you choose him, you'll, you'll live forever. We'll be in relationship together. I can set you free. I can heal you. This is what I desire. Jesus makes you right before God. It's all about Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the King of Kings. He's the Lord of lords his name is wonderful counselor prince of peace mighty god of his rule there will be no end this is god this is jesus this is his plan this is his desire this is exciting thrilling stuff because we believe that it all rests here so write down number four and i want to encourage you and end with this today number four stick to the plan invite the worship team to come up right now stick to the plan, I think it's amazing that God says all throughout human history, I have never wavered, I have never changed, I have never been deviated, I've never been distracted, I know what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to send you a deliverer, and he is the plan of redemption, he is the plan of salvation, there will be no other salvation, you cannot get to heaven by your good deeds, you cannot give to heaven because you tithe, you cannot get to heaven because of your do-goodisms, it is only found in the life and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Christ. I like that we got one person that really understands. Come on, come on, put your hands together if you believe that today. Thank you, sir. So I just want to encourage you. Maybe you're new to faith. Maybe you've been around church a long time. I, I, I have one final conclusion. This might sound complex to you or very simple. But I say, if this is God's plan, then stick to the plan. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, cling to what is good. Stick to the plan. Stick to Jesus. We're not getting sidetracked with other facets of our religion getting distracted no we're just we're sticking with Jesus we're saying I'm with Jesus I'm I'm a Jesus guy I'm a Jesus person I'm in love with Jesus I live for Jesus I'm sticking to the plan you know in life you gotta always just stick to the plan stick to the plan I remember a couple years ago Aaron's down here on the front row and I remember a couple years ago we were in Australia together and I remember there were some events that had happened in life and I remember this look on his face. You know, we were, we were planning on coming to L.A. L.A. was the plan. We, we felt like we were called to come to L.A. And I'll never forget, I don't even know if he remembers this, but we're in the hotel room and he's kind of shaken by the events of what has just happened. And he's like, what are we going to do? Is the plan still the same? Are we, are we still going to L.A.? And I looked at Aaron and I said, stick to the plan. Because when it's God, you don't waver from it. When it's God's plan, you just stick to the plan. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I felt like telling some people, don't let the enemy take you back to where you need to get bailed out. 
when you can just stick to the plan that God has for your life. God doesn't have a plan B. He only has a plan A. And all of it is wrapped up in his son. His name is Jesus Christ. Come on, anybody believe today that we can have faith in his son to just stick to the plan? I'm telling you today. I don't know what you're going through, but stick to the plan. I don't know what it looks like, but stick to the plan. I don't know what this nation is going through, but we're going to stick to the plan. I don't know what everybody else is saying in Fox News and CNN and all over Huffington Post, but I'm sticking to the plan. He is the plan. He is the solution. His name is Jesus. He's above all things. He rules. He reigns. He's infinite. He's an everlasting love. Oh, come on. Is there anybody here today that believes that you and I, we can make a decision to put our hope and our our confidence, our faith in the plan of God. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.